fifth Sunday of Lent. Prayer. Psalm 130. From the depths I call to you, Yahweh. Lord, hear my cry. Listen attentively to the sound of my pleading. If you kept record of our sins, Lord, who could stand their ground? But with you is forgiveness, that you may be revered. I rely, my whole being relies, Yahweh, on your promise. My whole being hopes in the Lord, more than watchmen for daybreak. More than watchmen for daybreak, let Israel hope in Yahweh. For with Yahweh is faithful love, with him generous ransom, and you will ransom Israel from all its sins. Reading the Word First reading Ezekiel 37 Prophesy Say to them, The Lord Yahweh says this, I am now going to open your graves. I shall raise you from your graves, my people, and lead you back to the soil of Israel. And you will know that I am Yahweh. When I open your graves and raise you from your graves, my people, and put my spirit in you, and you revive and I resettle you on your own soil. Then you will know that I, Yahweh, have spoken and done this, declares the Lord Yahweh. Second reading, Romans chapter 8. Those who live by their natural inclinations can never be pleasing to God. You, however, live not by your natural inclinations, but by the Spirit, since the Spirit of God has made a home in you. Indeed, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But when Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because you have been justified. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead has made his home in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your own mortal bodies through his Spirit living in you. Gospel, John chapter 11. The sisters sent this message to Jesus. Lord, the man you love is ill. On receiving the message, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death, but it is for God's glory, so that through it the Son of God may be glorified. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, yet when he heard that he was ill, he stayed where he was for two more days before saying to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. On arriving, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days already. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. 
Mary remained sitting in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will grant whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he will rise again at the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Anyone who believes in me, even though that person dies, will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who was to come into this world. At the sight of her tears and those of the Jews who had come with her, Jesus was greatly distressed. And with a profound sigh, he said, Where have you put him? They said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. And the Jews said, See how much he loved him. But there were some who remarked, He opened the eyes of the blind man. Could he not have prevented this man's death? Sighing again, Jesus reached the tomb. It was a cave with a stone to close the opening. Jesus said, Take the stone away. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now he will smell. This is the fourth day since he died. Jesus replied, Have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing my prayer. I myself knew that you hear me always, but I speak for the sake of all those who are standing around me, so that they may believe it was you who sent me. When he had said this, he cried in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his feet and hands bound with strips of material and a cloth over his face. Jesus said to them, Unbind him, let him go free. Many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what he did believed in him. Hearing the Word God's Call to Life The sequence of the Lenten Sundays leads gradually to face the core question of human life and death. Death is the ultimate and inevitable limit placed on our life, or so it may seem. The liturgy of this Sunday confronts the inevitable reality of death with a message of hope. The prophet Ezekiel was active during the time of the Babylonian exile. His mission was to maintain hope among those who lost everything, witnessed death, and now lived in a foreign land. Living through years of captivity, the deportees faced despair and hopelessness. It was a slow physical and spiritual death. In the midst of this darkness, the prophet delivers a message 
meant to reawaken their lost confidence in God. First, he explained that when their relationship with God died through their indifference and misdeeds, they also died as God's people. But that is not the end of their story, because the faithful God has already planned the restoration. I will take you away from among the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you back to your own soil. Ezekiel chapter 36 God will restore the life of the nation that was ruined by death. The Babylonian exile is compared to the grave. But this grave will be opened and the people will return. Their spirit will be reanimated by God's spirit. This image takes us right back to the creation story, when human beings were formed out of the dust of the ground and vivified by the breath of life. Genesis chapter 2 Similarly to the situation in Eden, where the first people knew God intimately as creator and friend, restoration of the nation after the exile, we enable the Israelites to see that their God in this very nature is the life giver who will never abandon them to death. And you will know that I am Yahweh when I open your graves and raise you. In chapter 8 of Romans, Paul returns to the contrast already introduced in chapter 5, that of Adam and Christ. He builds on it presenting two opposite ways of life, chosen by those who live by their natural inclinations and those who live by the Spirit. The first group is on its way towards death, while the second walks towards internal life. The presence of the Spirit is the key. Those who walk the way of life have the Spirit guiding them. Since the Spirit of God has made a home in you, when the Spirit is present and at work in the heart of an individual Christian and in the midst of the community, that person or group becomes God's dwelling place. You are a temple of God with the Spirit of God living in you. 1 Corinthians 3 Those living by the Spirit not only have God present in their midst, but also walk towards eternal life, because this Spirit is the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead. Thus living by the Spirit in this world, we experience that our body is dead because of sin, but we have secure hope of having eternal life through the same Spirit living in you. Living according to the Spirit transforms our mortal life into a walk not towards death, but towards final communion with God in eternity. Raising Lazarus from the dead is the last of the seven signs performed by Jesus in John's Gospel. Performing the first one in Cana, the evangelist commented, This was the first of Jesus' signs. He revealed his glory 
and his disciples believed in him. John 2. Performing the last sign, Jesus comments on the illness of Lazarus. This sickness will not end in death, but it is for God's glory. Then calling Lazarus from the tomb, Jesus said to Martha, Have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? To see the glory of God means to experience God's presence and action in a very real and visible way. During the Exodus, God's glory was revealed to the people on Sinai in the form of thunder and lightning. Exodus chapter 19 In the Gospel, God's glory is revealed through the life-giving action of Jesus. But the death and raising of Lazarus serves to prepare us for Jesus' own death and resurrection. The final and fullest revelation of God's glory will take place in Jesus. It will begin in the Last Supper and be completed on Easter morning. John 11 alludes to the period of two more days when Jesus remained where he was before starting on the way to rescue Lazarus. In his own case, he would remain two days in the grave before. On the third day, the glory of God will be manifested by raising him from the dead. God's glory manifested in Jesus is nothing else but the gift of life that overcame the power of death. In the story of the raising of Lazarus and in Jesus' own story, faith stands out as the point of emphasis. Jesus began his ministry in Cana by inspiring his disciples to believe in him. They became his friends. Lazarus, Jesus' friend, was rescued from death by Jesus who demanded faith from his sister. By making these connections, John the Evangelist wants us to see that in Jesus, God's life-giving presence, His glory is manifested. A human being needs only to respond with faith in order to be given the gift of life that overcomes death. Jesus' powerful assurance to mother is the best summary of the entire story. Anyone who believes in me, even though that person dies, will live. The prophet Ezekiel and Paul link death with sin and its consequences. But they also both state that God stands for life and opens the way to bring nations and people out of death. For Ezekiel, national restoration was a sign of God's life-giving intentions. While for Paul, it was the presence of the Spirit. Life under the guidance of the Spirit is the path to eternal life. Yet, it is in Jesus that we fully understand God and experience His glory. God's decisive and visible action of bringing life out of the grave. Jesus did it to Lazarus in God's name. God did it to Jesus personally.
When we walk in the Spirit and respond to Jesus with faith, we too, as his friends, will experience God's voice calling us out of the graves of our mortality to the fullness of life in God's presence. Our faith begins when we, with the psalmist, raise our voices in a prayer of confidence and trust. I rely, my whole being relies, Yahweh, on your promise. Listening to the Word of God To understand the theme of this Sunday world, let us consider how God's call to life is viewed in the African perspective. Of great importance for Africans is the ethical principle of the value of human life. All that enhances life is good, just, desirable, and should be supported. On the other hand, what diminishes human dignity, what exploits and dehumanizes people, is unethical and unjust. Taking this perspective into account, God's call to life can be considered in three steps. First, God is the author of life, the creator of all living and non-living beings. God not only made everything, but also sustains the entire creation. Human life as sustained by God is sacred and must be respected and treated with deserved dignity. Our Christian responsibility is to respond to God's call to life by promoting and preserving life. Jesus sweeps when innocent lives in the wombs of mothers are killed and considered as mere body tissue. And he weeps when we destroy our own life with alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, or other reckless activities. Second, life is a cycle, and the ancestors play a vital role in the community of life. Our ancestors are the living dead, and they are part and parcel of the moral and spiritual formation of the community. They still communicate with their relatives, for example, through dreams or symbols. A good ancestor continues to live when, for example, a new baby receives his or her name. Jesus sweeps today when, in many communities, elderly persons are abandoned and neglected by their own children. Today, care for the elderly has become a distressing and troublesome issue in the modern African society. In the past, the elderly were valued as sources of blessing and stability in the community. They were the custodians of wisdom and teachers of customs essential for the young. Today, Jesus sweeps when old people are sent early to their graves because of neglect and disrespect, and their wisdom is disregarded and neglected. Thirdly, Life is a communal affair lived in genuine relationship and communion between God, people, ancestors, and the land. 
Today, as Africans, we cannot anymore proudly say, I am because we are. It seems we are rapidly losing the cultural values that were bringing us together as a community. Extended families are replaced by small nuclear families. Individualistic and egoistic values several weaken the once-admired African communal way of life. Jesus weeps when he sees crowds of street children roaming the streets and dying of hunger. Homelessness and violence in the midst of crowded African cities. Jesus weeps when he sees African leaders making themselves ever richer while their people fall ever deeper into poverty. Civil wars and political violence are promoted because of their selfish interests and good productive land is sold to foreigners for bribes. While claiming to be Africans, they are as far from the communitarian spirit of the African life as one can be. To follow God's call to life is a duty of every African. Our traditional values are perfectly in agreement with God's call to life that we find in the scripture. As Africans, we must look at life as the precious gift from God. This requires that we should be promoters of a culture of life rather than the culture of death. It means that our daily dealing with others in our cities, villages, communities, and parishes must reflect Jesus' call so powerfully heard today. Lazarus, come out and live. I am because we are. Action. Self-examination. Do I consider my life as a precious gift of God and act to protect it? Do I destroy my own life through reckless and unhealthy living? Response to God. In the course of this week, I will thank God daily for my life and pray that I may live it well. Response to your world. In responding to God's call to life, I promise God that in the course of this week, I will visit a sick person in my community and pray with him or her. As a group, let us choose one activity that will show our response to God's call to life. For example, organize a seminar or workshop to educate and enlighten the community about the sacredness of human life and how we ought to protect life from conception to natural death. Prayer We thank you, Lord, for the gift of life which you have given us. For we know that you created us out of love for the purpose of living our life well 
and helping others to do so. Continue to give life to our mortal bodies and save us from spiritual death. Let your Holy Spirit direct our actions and thoughts to be life-giving people to one another. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you.